Audio. This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello, and welcome to Obsessed with Joseph Scrimshaw on Feral Audio. I am your host. My name is Still Joseph Scrimshaw. This week's episode is all about collecting action figures with comedian and collector Mike Black. As always, you'll also hear our co-producer Sarah Meyer interviewing random human beings on the Venice boardwalk and seeing how they feel about collecting action figures. Are they like me? Have they ever hid an action figure in a toy aisle so a child couldn't buy it while they then ran to an ATM? Do they ever just stare off into space, trying not to let the shame show on their face? Is this what oversharing sounds like? Probably. Anyway... Before we get into the fun of action figure collecting, it's time to answer a listener-submitted question about their own personal obsession. I throw out requests for obsessions on my Facebook and Twitter, so if you have an obsession you'd like addressed, follow me on all the social medias as at Joseph Scrimshaw. Recently, Christopher Todd said, and I quote, I'm obsessed with the fact that women never wear practical shoes in television series or movies. It's gotten so bad, it's the first thing that I notice and sometimes... It ruins a movie or TV series for me because I can't stop looking at their shoes. It's not a fetish or anything, Joseph. It just makes me so angry. Like right now, I'm finishing off watching Voyager, and every time I see Seven of Nine, it just pisses me off. Nobody else is running around in fucking heels. Oh, but this ex-Borg who's constantly complaining about everybody else's efficiency is running around in three-inch fucking heels. I'm just saying. End quote. Now, Christopher... First, I want to thank you for clarifying that this is not a foot fetish obsession. And second, I didn't really hear a question, but I'm inferring that your obsession is women running in high heels. And your question is, I mean, come on, what is the deal with that? And I think the deal with that is, it's stupid. You're right. It's putting more emphasis on an aesthetic than practicality. And it's weird to talk about practicality because it happens a lot in sci-fi and genre movies uh, like Jurassic World. We, as an audience, were able to suspend our disbelief that dinosaurs existed, but then we were like, Bryce Dallas Howard can't run in high heels. That's some bullshit. So I think if you're going to have a woman spend an entire movie running in high heels, I think it should at least be a plot point. It should be acknowledged. Does the character have no access to other shoes? Do they hate their own feet? Are dinosaurs secretly frightened that they will not be able to digest Manolo Blahniks out of sheer respect for impeccably designed footwear? Who knows? Unless you make it a plot point, it is just distracting. I think in the next Jurassic World movie, Chris Pratt should, for unexplained reasons, have a large metal cube dangling from the front of his belt. So when he runs, it just repeatedly whacks him in the crotch. And it should never be acknowledged or explained. We should all just shrug our shoulders and say, I guess that's the fashion. Real men wear ball-whacking cubes now. I'm gonna get me one. But enough about that. I am done giving Hollywood great ideas for free, and the fashion industry for that matter. It's time for everyone's favorite part of podcasts. Plugging crap. Obsessed is made possible by your kind support on Patreon. If you'd like to help keep the podcast growing and coming out every week, you can throw us a buck or two a month by visiting patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. You will also get access to the once a month bonus patron-only episodes, shows, 
I do shows. In March, I'll be doing some stand-up shows in L.A. I'll also be in Las Vegas doing a stand-up show, a bunch of panels, and recording a live episode of this very podcast, all at the convention known as Wizard World. You can find the details about all my shows at josephscrimshaw.com slash live dash shows. But now, sit back, relax, take off your high heels, get out your favorite fully articulated Luke Skywalker and Bespin fatigues with removable right hand to simulate battle damage action figure, and enjoy Mike Black's obsession with collecting action figures. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with an awesome person, Mike Black. Hi, everybody. How are you doing, Mike? I'm very good. Thank you so much for being here and for doing this. Thank you for having me and recording this in a place with ample parking <laughs> nearby. <laughs> I thought of that when we picked out this apartment when we're moving to Los Angeles. I said, that's, I'm going to have a lot of people in my home for podcasts. That's a lot of foresight that you have. <laughs> I try. I try. Uh, I think you're a skilled parker because sometimes uh, uh, parking can be difficult here. Uh, clearly, you weren't watching me then because I was like, I kept parallel parking. I, I made four attempts, and oh, it really? was, there was plenty of space on both sides, <laughs> but I'm so worried about hitting someone else's car. Not No one in Los Angeles cares about hitting mine, but I'm <laughs> terrified that I'm going to do it wrong. And so I did, went through all the rigmarole, and I got out of my car, and I'm like a foot and a half away from the curb. <laughs> and so I was like, I got to start all over, <laughs> and it's just the worst. And then I'll finally get it right, but I'll be on a hill and I never know the right way to turn my tires. Oh, like, yeah. There's a I long legal forgot way. that. Yeah. And I always think that you're supposed to turn them towards the curb. Right. Like, whatever whatever direction you're facing where it would roll towards the curb. Yeah, that, it's that not makes, just laws. It's physics that guide these laws, yeah, right? Yeah, like, that makes sense to me <laughs> that you'd have it run into the curb where it can't keep going. But I've heard people say, like, while doing that, they're like... No, because if it goes over the curb, it hits a bunch of people. Yeah, there are like, people listening right now screaming, my yeah, God, you're like, going to no, kill us all, Mike Black. Ki- you'll kill all the people. <laughs> and then I think, well, having it aim the other way is into traffic, and those are people too. <laughs> like, it's weighing the types of people. So, yeah, those are the screwball comedy rules, right, where yeah. you want it to roll into traffic. Right, you know, and it's like, if it rolls into traffic, those are just people in armor. You know, they're, they're also human beings, you know. So did you park on a hill? No, luckily for everyone today, okay. is flatland. If you had said that you parked on a hill, I was going to add in sound effects of a car rolling and explosions and a cat well, I, screaming. I shouldn't have answered. I should have left it a cliffhanger. <laughs> a mystery. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming here and for parking. Uh, can you tell people a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, I'm a stand-up comedian. I'm a regular at the Comedy Store and the Improv. Uh, I've been doing comedy professionally for... A depressing amount of time for like the the fact that I that I have to tell you who I am and what I do is an indicator of how professionally I'm doing stand up comedy. Um, I do that. I've done I guessed on a lot of podcasts, which is quite the credential to have. It really um, is actually. It's, it's becoming. It got me into Comic Con actually this year. Oh really? Uh, I did like you know how you apply for a professional pass. Yeah. Well, the thing I've been working on like pseudo secretly is this project with the Jim Henson company. Okay. But I have nothing to show for it because we're like, everything's confidentiality. And yeah. We're not supposed to talk about it. So basically what I sent them was pictures of me on different podcasts with, <laughs> with people that looked very professional. And I said, trust me, I'm working on something big with the Henson company. I can't tell you what, 
But luckily I had this great picture of me and Brian Henson and a Skeksy behind us and him oh, like really? hugging me. And I was like, this is all I can show you. This is the only proof I've got, you know. Wait, so you, so uh, you could have got that at a, like a convention, though, I right? Could, I could have photoshopped it for all they know. <laughs> but uh, they they I've done it professionally for years from other stuff that was yeah. actually legit. But it was like... For the last three years, that's all I've been working on. So I had nothing to. <laughs> so they to already share. knew who you yeah. were. So it wasn't just like if you're <laughs> good like, at Photoshop, fine, fine. you can get a pro badge at Comic Con. Well, I used to have the greatest, uh, it, it, but it was taken. I'm bald now. It was taken when I had a lot of hair. But I had this great picture of me at the improv uh, with Stan Lee on stage together. Oh, yeah. It's on your Twitter profile. That'll just automatically get you into Comic-Con. If you have a picture (laughs) like that, you don't really need to say a lot else, you know. Yeah. But now... Did you just send that in and say, enough said, like Stan Lee? (laughs) (laughs) I think that's what Stan Lee sent in, was that picture. But... um, yeah, but now I was like, I, I, I milked that one as much as I possibly could, yeah. so I, I need to try something else. And I think it was just out of the kindness of their hearts that they let me in this year. They're like, he buys a bunch of stuff. It'd be stupid to not have him come in. We have video of him purchasing everything. They're like, one he'll more everything. than make up for it once awesome. he gets in the doors. Well, that is an excellent segue to your obsession, which is action figure collecting. Yes. So uh, I wanted to start with just kind of a general overview of your obsession. Okay. What is like your first memory of collecting action figures or when you knew that like, I'm hooked? Uh, yeah, I was going to say, it's. I would imagine most kids have the same memories of their first action figures and stuff. Yeah. But where I think it became different to me, where I was like, <laughs> clearly I care a little bit more about this than the other kids, yeah. was writing a letter to uh, Hasbro because I couldn't find Snake Eyes from G.I. Joe anywhere. <laughs> like, he was just not on the shelf. And it was one of the first figures like that that was, like, a rare... Right, but he was, like, on the back of other action figures, <laughs> yeah. so you knew he existed. And he was in the cartoon and in the comic book, and they made him basically the best G.I. Joe of all time because he was a silent ninja that just wore all black. <laughs> and it was like, you're not going to get any cooler than that, you know? Right. And so, like, his, you know, they all had, like, their motto or whatever, and his was, like, action, not words. And it it was just, everything about him was cool. So the first action figure you couldn't find was... A ninja who <laughs> yes, who couldn't was be an found. expert yeah. at being invisible. That's and his, great. his arch enemy slash brother, uh, Storm Shadow, was equally hard to find, <laughs> who was also a ninja but wore all white, for, which I thought was pretty bold for a ninja. You know, yeah. like that says quite a lot about you yeah, as a and ninja. Yeah, pretty bold name for a ninja, too, because yeah. storms are pretty goddamn loud. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they're just in general, they. Like, those are the two that whoever created the G.I. Joe line, they're still patting themselves on the back over those two characters. Right. You know? I mean, they sort of created a lot of what we yeah. think of as the 80s with ninjas. Oh, yeah. The ninja <laughs> obsession. So you wrote to Hasbro and you said, damn it, I, I can't like, find what Snake Eyes, was it? Yeah. I was like, okay. I can't find him anywhere. And uh, my dad actually helped me write the letter and everything <laughs> and, like, found Hasbro's info. And they were like, they wrote back. They said, we no longer, that item's out of print. And so I was just crushed by that because I was like, I missed my window of finding okay. it. And then later on, they realized, I guess other kids must have written in two or something, or they just got a lot of flack for it. So they started making other versions of them. They never made that one again. Okay. But they uh, they made like the one that came with the wolf dog. 
and uh, his dog Timber, I remember was the dog's name. Okay. And then uh, they went on to make other ones. They had one with like two cross daggers on his chest. and But they were all basically the same guy, just yeah. in different versions of his uniform. So did you eventually find the original Snake Eyes? Uh, yes, I did. And I realized I didn't really want it. It was, <laughs> it was not the one that I was thinking of. It was, uh, cause it was the original, the very, very first GI Joes that came out. Well, were the, the big 12 inch ones right. that like our older. And that was like a long time ago. That, that was like, like the uh, like 60s, 70s. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and in fact, Vietnam is what killed it. They were like. It oh, just hey, kind of yeah. this whole war thing's not very fun. military toys yeah. for a while. And so it wasn't until the 80s and Schwarzenegger and Stallone uh, coming into the picture and Reagan yeah. that, you know, it became very cool to be a soldier again. And so they brought him back, but he was like the same size as Star Wars guys, only his elbows and knees bent. Right. And so it was like, oh, that's <laughs> that was such an advancement, you know. Okay. At the time, it was like, oh, he can actually move around a lot and stuff. And I remember thinking, well, any day now they're going to do this with Star Wars. And this explains a lot, because you and you I know, have talked on on the Star Wars podcast, Jedi Alliance, about action figures, and yeah. you are super pro-articulation, as Very I think most so, yeah. collectors are, Yeah, and and I never have been. I, I was never into G.I. Joe, right. and I didn't like the look of them, because like, their knees look all messed up, Yeah, because aesthetically, aesthetically you know, when, when, yeah. when you have bad articulation... Yeah, and I kind of, but I felt like the Star Wars character, like especially like stormtroopers and C three PO, and like there were some characters that were just perfect for it. Oh that, yeah, that yeah. It was like, why aren't they doing this? It doesn't make sense. And and I liked being able to pose them like they looked in the movies. Right. You, know? you wanted and to actually like you characters know. that like where you could like make a a scene and have them actually look the way they looked and have that. Like the body language of them and everything, like David Prowse, you know, as Darth Vader. I wanted a figure that had that presence. The, yeah, instead know? of that, yeah, like. And the one that came out was like this slender, weird sort of like. It's a big, it, tall pencil, it was like, like a yeah. cocktail straw or something. You know, <laughs> it was like uh, it just didn't have that imposing sort right. of feel. It's, and it wasn't the same when when you made the action figures sit on the tauntaun by physically jamming their legs through the <laughs> right. back of the tauntaun. Back. It was very brutal. <laughs> a brutal you kind know. of sitting. And there were some, there were, I don't think Star Wars did this. I, I may be wrong, but I think there was some uh, cowboy toy line. It was like Lone Ranger or something like that, where they did that, but they at least on the saddle... Uh, had fake legs oh, they do the draped, pictures of legs. draped over, you know. <laughs> so now as an adult, so you got hooked as a kid on G.I. Joe and Star Wars and a lot of the kind of popular right. ones of the of the mid-80s. Yeah. Uh, what do you collect as an adult now? The same things. <laughs> like only now they have the technology to do them so much better. They don't always, but they, they have the ability. And yeah. Like, uh, they one, can rebuild them. Yeah, uh, one of my favorite companies is NECA, uh, which does basically all the stuff that guys like me wanted them to make in the 80s, but they didn't. Right. Like uh, Aliens, uh, for like the James Cameron Aliens. The, okay. They made most of the different versions of the Alien and the Queen and all that. But they also did like Ripley and like the Power Loader. And, oh, like, cool. And the different Colonial Marines and stuff like that. And... They did uh, RoboCop and Ed 209. 
that both look amazing. And the ED-209 actually has a button that'll play all the, like, you now have 15 seconds to comply, that sort of <laughs> stuff. Yeah. And uh, they do... Like, right now, they just released... It's not for me, but I'm glad that it's out there, uh, Home Alone figures. <laughs> and and they look just like yeah, it. Yeah, I they think... Look the, like, they, creepily so, you know. They have figured out that... Yeah. The generation that got super hooked on action figures, that's how we wanted to interact with almost everything in the world. Right. So, like, anything we liked, we'd like an action figure. I would like an action figure of the sandwich I just ate because it was good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, like, we'll go back and we'll make action figures of everything. Yeah, and people use them, like, for memes and stuff like that. And they can, like, do stuff that they couldn't do with the actual, like, footage from the films and stuff like yeah, that. Like, yeah. uh, there was a, uh, someone did a great one of, Faker from He-Man, who was uh, just a ridiculous character. He yeah. was like the imposter He-Man, only his skin was blue and his hair was orange. So I don't they, know who he was Idiots fooling. in Eternia. Fell <laughs> but, yeah, they were like, oh, He-Man, what? why are you so evil? And he had like a tape recorder stuck to his chest. Like he couldn't have looked more yeah. conspicuous if he tried. And he had a fax machine on his crotch. <laughs> right. That's great. So now, did you have any stop? in your action figure collecting from a youth to being an adult? Or did you have like a, a renaissance as an adult where you're like, you know what, collecting action figures is pretty great. I'm going to do that as an adult too. N- not really. I may have taken like a month off at some <laughs> point where I just like, I'd collected everything that I could collect and didn't, there was nothing coming out for a month or yeah. something. But for the most part, they just held my interest. Like it never, uh, like new lines and new things kept coming out that I was interested in. And I remember around the time that I might have stopped would have been college. And it would, we discussed it on the show. It was the dark times where there was really no star Wars product coming out. But just as I was like getting into college and I probably would have gone like dived into music more or something like that. Uh, they released uh, the uh, Star Wars figures again for the VHS re-release, the one last time right. uh, big campaign right before special editions. Yeah, so like 95, I think. And so they released to... like about eight core figures just to see if anyone cared anymore. Yeah. And everybody cared. And so like they sold out immediately. And now it they haven't stopped since. Yeah, and I cared real hard even though they were yeah. terrible. They were awful. They were all muscly for some yeah. reason like even yoda ha- was like ripped they, they were just like it was ridiculous it yeah was the, like, the luke is pretty yeah. pretty awesome with his his big beefcake spread open looks like he man yeah. yeah and uh like the harrison ford the the likenesses were awful princess leia was a dude it was just like yeah it's pretty really mannish. pretty monkey face <laughs> yeah uh, like not even I, not even masculine but just sort of like yeah. trying to get a feminine appearance to be as exciting, like the whole line was like that because Han's legs were like yes. everywhere. They were They're worked like, out sideways. This isn't even muscular. It's just yeah. his legs should be doing something exciting. So it looks like he had a skiing accident. <laughs> yeah, and like uh, like that figure would be more accurate now with his ankle injury and stuff. You know, that would be ankle injury Han. You know, <laughs> but like uh, they when they did Princess Leia, I remember cracking up because. For the most part, her face looked like Chuck Wepner or something, something yeah. awful. It was just a terrible, like she'd been in a few bar fights. <laughs> and uh, But the one uh, detail of femininity, aside from her hair, that they gave her 
was uh, upturned eyebrows. Oh, that's right. You know, they gave her the to like for that look of concern, like you know, uh, Dantooine's peaceful. You know, that yes. sort of like you know. <laughs> she was from that exact yeah, frame of film, right? And they were like, "Well, that that makes her very womanly." It, no, it really makes it look like she realizes how ugly she is and she wants you to kill her. That's, that's the expression on her face. Please put me out of my they misery. They all kind of look like that. They all have yeah. a little bit of facial expression or something about their body language that says, please, please end yeah. this. And we did not listen. We collected them all. And like you said, they yeah, never and stopped. The, the ripped Darth Vader, which was closer to what I wanted, but still it was like, be careful what you wish for because yeah. you can make him too ripped. And too, right. I, you, I don't know. want Vader doing squats, which right. is basically what that <laughs> yeah. was. Uh, but I still did buy it um but they so, released a lot of the vehicles too and right. so that helped out a lot because uh i think a lot of us were in a position where we had a lot of the vehicles but missing chunks yeah and they're like windshields and stuff like that yeah you know? i really like that you kicked off the your your story of your obsession with that desire that longing because right. i think that is a large part of what collecting is and i don't know if that's still true for you yeah, but absolutely. that it, yeah. part of it is that that wanting something that is almost within reach but maybe not quite right so as an adult are you comfortable saying about how much money you spend a month uh it's a lot it's more than i should i'll, okay. I'll just say that i don't make a lot of money so i don't want anyone getting all excited <laughs> if they come over they're gonna see this great wealth of stuff but uh, I, I would say like the stuff that I collect is a lot of stuff that most people are into, but just aren't aware of. Okay. Like they're like, Oh, I didn't think they made that. Like, uh, I don't know why I chose to do this, but I set up in my bathroom. It's kind of like a Sigourney Weaver <laughs> double feature area in my bathroom. I don't know that, what that oh, says that about is so her. Great, so that if I come over to your home, I can say, can I use the Sigourney Weaver double feature? I should call it the Sigourney <laughs> Weaver bathroom, you know, and the honorary Sigourney Weaver the bathroom. double feature. Okay, so but, what uh, movies are playing in there? Ghostbusters and Aliens. And okay. I have like... A shelf set up with like the fire station and the staple of Marshmallow Man and all the stuff from Ghostbusters, and she's on the roof and they're all like protecting oh, her awesome. and everything. And uh, then below that, it's the version of her that doesn't need anyone protecting her. That's got <laughs> like she's in the power loader fighting the alien queen, and you know I have like all the other aliens. Like, yeah, and I have that one. Kind of, I have like ghosts kind of spilling off the shelf, and I have aliens spilling off of the lower shelf yeah. too, and stuff like that. So, and I threw a predator in there just for the the hell of it. Yeah, because she could take you that know? too, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, that goes back to that old Easter egg in uh, Predator Two, where uh, they show Danny Glover makes it onto their ship, and you see they have this whole trophy case, and some people noticed like towards the back of the trophy case is an alien skull. Like oh, nice. one of the xenomorph skulls, and that kind of set off the whole alien, alien versus predator, predator thing. fan fiction. So when you uh, when you decided to make uh, your bathroom a tribute <laughs> to Sigourney <laughs> Weaver, why right. did you, out of all of your action figures that you display, you collect, you even play with up to a point, right? right why why did uh, Sigourney Weaver become the it was actually it was just coincidence? It was I have a shelf space here 
that I can fit a bunch of alien stuff on. And then I had <laughs> shelf space. And I didn't even really notice it until like I was sitting there looking at it one day. And I was like, oh, these movies both starred Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> that's, that's great. That's so weird. That's you know? really cool. And you you do engage with your action figures, right? You, you're not just like, I want to collect this to know that I have it. You take them out. You pose them. Yeah. I You know, like people are like, what well, do you play with them? And it's like, I do, but in a different way than when I was a kid. It's yeah. not like... It's not like a dark helmet in space balls where I'm like sitting around having these scenarios. Right. A lot of it is just setting them up for fun pictures and stuff like that. Yeah. And like now with uh, the iPhone and the different apps that are basically just variations on Photoshop, uh, I can do stuff that I always kind of wanted to. Like if I do a Masters of the Universe picture with like He-Man and Skeletor fighting, I can add like smoke effects and sparks nice. and like put lights in Skeletor's eyes and stuff like that and make it more kind of like Frazetta-y than it would be when it's just yeah. a flat picture of them. Yeah, know? that's really cool. And I think that is an absolutely valid adult way of playing. It's such a fun, like, it's fun to see just different stuff you can do and with, like, lighting and with setting it up because it's, it's kind of a little bit like movie making and, it, you know, it's like you're telling a story with one frame and it's like, yeah. it can be a lot of fun for me. And like, I was surprised when I started doing it and putting it on Instagram and stuff like that, that anybody cared, let alone that there were so many other people doing it. Well, I will tell you a truth you know? <laughs> that I, I sometimes stop myself from liking your, in, all of your Instagram <laughs> action figure mise-en-scene photos because I'm going to feel like a stalker. Like, your Instagram is one of those, like, I can't hit like on every on one. That's these. too yeah. damn weird. But they're really cool. But I try and do things that, like, kind of fit either, like, if it's a special holiday, I'll do something that kind of fits with that. Or, like, for Father's Day, uh, I found, I dug out... Um, Indiana Jones and Henry Jones and oh, motorcycle nice. sidecar. <laughs> and so I put that up as like a Father's Day sort of picture. And I realized while I was digging through that, I was like, it's kind of strange that this apartment is filled with a bunch of boxes and one of them has the Ark of the Covenant in it. <laughs> and I don't know which one it is. <laughs> and I was like, it, it was very surreal to... Right. You know? So so your, your collecting of all these things is letting you play out the movies in ways yeah. you can't even yeah, plan. Yeah, you didn't even think about. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so I want to get into some uh, specific questions. To you, what is the difference between people who take figures out of the package and leave them in? I do a little of both because I a lot of times, especially now, they and and a lot in the eighties, there was some real great artwork that went with the packages. Yeah, like um, part of why the Masters of the Universe line is one of my favorites is some of the artwork on the boxes reminded me so much of Frazetta's art, and it, like if you look at the just Google uh, Castle Grayskull box art. Yeah. That thing is impressive. And it's just such a beautiful piece. And it's this smoky atmosphere. And it was done before they really knew the storyline of any of these characters. So it's Skeletor fending everyone off from Castle Grayskull. <laughs> and it's like the artist clearly thought, well, that guy's got a skull for a face. This must be his house. Well, they, clearly you that's know? what Skeletor thinks too, <laughs> right? right? You know, <laughs> and, and it kind of made sense, you know. And... um so I like a lot of that stuff, and I understand the the urge to preserve that. 
And like G.I. Joe had those great dynamic like action poses with like an explosion behind everyone. They're yeah. they're always like charging towards you, you know. And uh Transformers had the file cards on the back that had like you for some reason they gave you a, a strip of red plastic that you could put over the card and it would show you the their stats. Like oh, cool. How, how strong or how intelligent they were and stuff like that. But you needed that card to decode it and see it. Right. You know? Oh, I remember that. Yeah. And uh, and they all had like their own mottos and stuff. Like Megatron's was everything is fodder. And uh, I thought you were going to say everything is fine. Which would have really, <laughs> everything really is liked fine. It. He was just yeah. like, I'm a large gun. I'm, it's, I'm fine. Everything is fine. Everything is fine. Everything is, everything fine. is, fine. <laughs> and, uh, everything is coming up Decepticon. That, that, <laughs> I hope that becomes his motto at some point. He, he has a change of heart. He's like, what are we all fighting for? Everything is fine. But Prime's I thought was great. Optimus Prime uh, was uh, freedom is the right of all sentient beings. And I thought, even as a kid, I was like, part of what's great about this is I don't know what half these words mean. And right. I'm going to go ask someone. And you're going to learn. because And I'm the... going to learn why that is such an important credo to have. You know? Awesome. And I was like, that's pretty great. Thanks, Optimus Prime. Yeah. Okay, so I guess maybe um, I, I think I might just be looking for some uh, some action figure therapy. Because okay. I have collected a lot over the years. I don't do anywhere near as much now because sure. I just don't have the, the time or the money or the physical space in my <laughs> I, home. I don't either, uh, but I still do. <laughs> so I used to, if I really liked an action figure, I would try to buy two. Yeah. And it's mostly Star Wars for me, almost all Star Wars, it, so I could take one out of the package, leave one in the package. Right. But in the last eh, five years of that, I can't bring myself to take a figure out of the package. You know What's what, wrong with me, Mike? <laughs> uh, nothing's wrong with you. Uh, what it is is... I think for most of us, it started as kind of an insurance policy because we broke a lot of toys when we were kids. Yeah. And and then it was impossible. Back then, nobody saved anything. It was the 70s. It was the 80s. Everyone was full of yeah. cocaine. And so no one was saving anything. They were just, it was all devil may care. We thought we were going to get nuked any day. Right. And you now know, I so love we, picturing like a coked up person like, yeah. I don't need this Dianoga. I'll throw right. it out. I got money to burn. What do I care? You know, and... Uh, but we really did. We thought we were going to get nuked any day now. Yes. So there it, there was that sort of freewheeling attitude about everything. <laughs> and a lot of kids, you know, strapped black cats to the back of their Boba Fett and launched them into space never to be seen again, right. you know. And that's why a lot of that old Kenner stuff and Secret Wars and Superpowers, a lot of those old figures are so rare now is because at that time nobody knew that they were going to be worth anything. Yeah. The difference today is everyone thinks everything is going to be worth something. <laughs> and so everyone's saving everything and you know, it's supply and demand. Uh you look at like Spawn number 1 now. Everyone thought that was going to be this huge right. collectible and it's well everybody saved it, so it's not really worth anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so uh I feel bad for the collectors that are in it today thinking this is all going to pay for my kid's college if I go and snap up a bunch of stuff right now because it's probably not because there are tons of people saving it in plastic and it's going to be just fine. You know, they don't need yours for the Smithsonian, you know. Because I think that's part of it of of looking back at figures that I can never see that package again. Like I can look it up, but I can never have that package again. But it's I have an Obi-Wan Kenobi that I bought recently that comes with a little cup. 
and yeah. his action figure or his lightsaber is not in his hand, so he's just got two hands over his crotch. <laughs> yeah, and I should really take him out of the package just <laughs> out of basic respect for Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> it does look a little fishy <laughs> the way his hands are are set up. Yeah. Okay. Well, that helps me a lot. But I do uh, like that he comes with the retro sort of uh, like the old Burger King. The old Burger King glasses. Yeah. That, yeah. that that's why I got. There's him. a company at uh, that goes to different cons, and they basically do those. But for characters that didn't get them, like obscure Marvel characters and stuff like that. Yeah. And they're that exact same type of glass, but they'll be like Doctor Strange or someone like that that never got one yeah. of those. Like if it, that line had never ended. It's amazing to have like all of these companies pandering to what memory oh, yeah. or want can I fill in from your lost childhood? <laughs> well, like another company is like uh, Super 7 or Funko uh they, they're, I don't know if they're the same company or they're just friends or something, yeah. but they do a lot of stuff together. Action figure buddies. I, I picture them like the Twix offices, like they're right next to each other. And sometimes they fight and sometimes they're friends. But they released, um, for the first Alien movie, they were going to do Star Wars type figures. And then they realized at some point that's crazy because this is a horror film and it's we don't want to terrify little kids. So the only thing that made it out was like a 12-inch version of the alien itself, which yeah. was a terrifying toy in and of itself. But on the back, it was like, check out the aliens uh, figures that we're going to do. And they never did them. Oh, But this company got like the promo material for it okay. and made their own and released them like two or three years ago. And they were such a success that they started doing other movies, like they did a Rocketeer figure. And okay, so these are the ones that like Barnes and Noble, the reaction. They're yeah, they're almost identical to the old Star Wars, right? Uh, Three point seven. Yeah, they have figures. everything now, and they're making them yeah. like for the modern for modern shows, like the Modern Flash and Arrow yeah. TV shows. All Amazing sorts of stuff yeah. like that, and it's pretty cool. Like the Gremlin series that they did was great because it came with uh, Gizmo, and he comes with. You remember the old home Pac-Man, like, arcade? It was like yeah. a little arcade oh, yes, cabinet, yes, yes. and it had, like, a little joystick. He comes with one of those. <laughs> and so I was like, that's, like, double retro cool, and I want I want it for all of that, yeah. you know? Yeah, And uh, But they do, like, they did figures for Pulp Fiction and stuff like that. They're they very, have them for Twilight Zone. Yeah. They have them for Jaws, which is amazing. Yeah. Because that's getting so into, like, bizarre. Like, nobody really yeah. wanted Jaws action figures. It's just getting to be, like, Right, and, we like, like, Taxi Driver, they did, yeah. you know? <laughs> and I was like, it's just amazing, the, the different ones that they... And and it's like they're clearly marketed to adults and that it's like kids aren't even going to get who these people are and stuff like that. And I think that's just awesome yeah. that, that they're out. And they're cheap, too, because they're not really doing, like, likenesses of anyone. Yeah, it, no, they're, they they're delightfully about, crappy. Yeah, like the original Star Wars figures that didn't really look like anybody, but they look... They were good enough. Close enough. Me. Yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, so we've mentioned accessories a couple of times. I'm curious, mm-hmm. if you were able to craft a Mike Black action figure, oh. what kind of accessories would you want to come with? He would come with a bunch of smaller action figures, probably. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, That is a great Totino's answer. Totino's pizza rolls, probably. <laughs> like, he would come with too many of those. He would come with a lot of pizza rolls and uh, probably some sort of soda, because he's not supposed to have it. <laughs> like the, There would be, like, the not supposed to have it variant. That, oh, yeah, um, yeah. Just all the things that I'm not supposed to have right. surrounding my Secret figures. soda, Mike Black. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did a uh, McFarlane. Marlin, who does, like, all the Spawn toys and stuff like that and is currently doing the Walking Dead stuff, 
Uh, they're a great, great company. And, like, they do their stuff with a lot of love. Yeah. But they did, and I never thought I would get this. And I actually did want figures of these guys, and I thought, I'm the only person in the world that wants this. But they did Bob and Doug McKenzie from Strange <laughs> Brew, and it's the set uh, of their show. Yeah. And so each of them came with half the set, and you, uh, you put it together, wow. and it has, like, the Great White North uh, map behind them. And they each come with like a bunch of different beer bottles and donuts and stuff like that. And I was like, I can't believe that anyone besides me and maybe Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas wanted this. Yeah. And that it actually got produced and stuff, you know, that yeah. that to me is a lot of the fun of it is seeing like things that you're like. Oh, I thought I was the only one who cared about this particular thing. You right, know? but there's got to be enough of a niche to make yeah. a lot of figures that really, really push the action out of action figure. Yeah, like, do you want some Canadian guys who are going to sit on a couch and drink? <laughs> yeah, and that's it. There's no, there's no action to it. <laughs> like someone just did uh, in the three, three and three quarter uh, Star Wars scale. Uh, 70s Flash Gordon figures. Oh, cool. And the first ones came out at Comic-Con last year, and it was Flash and Ming, but it came with like a whole Mongo set piece behind them. And I wanted that whole line to exist just for Zoltan, because he's the leader of the Hawkmen. Oh, right, Brian Blessed. I just Yeah, I just really have wanted Zoltan forever. I don't <laughs> care about the rest of the line, but I'll support it if it'll get me Zoltan. Give it a good Zoltan. Nice. Is there anything like uh, from the real world, not from a movie? Just like if you could command someone to make an action figure <laughs> of of like something from the real world. Is there anything from the real world you've ever wanted, like a president or uh, a musician or anybody that you've just been like? Well, I'd... they do a lot of those, and I've noticed I don't really care that much. For okay. Them. But I did have an idea that I think would be great for lesser-known actors. <laughs> where, where, Or not lesser-known, but just, like, ones that, like... I would love just a Willem Dafoe action figure oh. that I could customize however I want and, like, pick whatever movie that I wanted so to make So you would, like, Barbie like. Willem Dafoe, who has, like, yes. flexibility in his <laughs> right. outfit. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, a Gary Oldman like that would be great, or, like, Christopher Walken or Danny Trejo. There are a lot of people that are, like, they just have those great faces and stuff like yeah. that. And, it, like, I would cast them in different stuff, you know? <laughs> like, uh, if I could have an orc that looked like Danny Trejo, I'd be so happy. <laughs> uh, oh, that's a really cool idea, yeah. And you could even, like, have their trailers, like, yeah, the actual sure. actor trailers, and then you could have their wardrobes lined up in there. I think there's a market out there, but I don't know how how to get it out there but like if if i could just have a tim curry action figure i'd be all over it you know <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome now your home i assume it has a lot of action figures in it mm -hmm. given that would you ever want toy story to be true or does that creep you out i i don't know if it creeps me out but i think it would just be bedlam my my place would just be <laughs> a horror show even even if they all had the best intentions it would just be uh, bloodbath because right. I have a lot of people in boxes that don't get along together you know like not everyone's out displayed like right. a lot of them are like stuck in boxes together and they really it it would be like if all the things at the end of Indian in my cupboard remember they showed yeah. that like scene of him opening it up if they all actually started fighting <laughs> instead, you know and uh, although I do have kind of a funny story about that I had a 
when I first moved into my apartment, it wasn't like that it was a shitty apartment, but for some reason I didn't have a weather strip yeah. on the bottom of my front door. And one day I wake up and I had all these different Batman villains displayed out <laughs> on a shelf. And one of them was Killer Croc, who the big crocodile yeah. man. And I look at him and I'm looking at his head and I'm like, I that really is much better detail than I recall on his head. And then the head turns and looks at me. And I was like, what the fuck? What's happening here? And I realized what is happening is that a gecko has crawled onto him and was like just resting over his shoulder. And that's what turned its head and looked at me. It creeped me out for like... I didn't know what to do. Yeah, did you take Killer like, Croc down? Uh, I I didn't want to hurt it or anything, but I was like, I, I can't have this thing living in my apartment. Yeah. And so I'm like stomping and like shaking my fist at it. <laughs> Finally, I take a magazine and kind of like scoot it. And my neighbors have to think that I'm insane because <laughs> I open the door, swatted out the door with the paper, and then it's it lands at like down on the bottom stairs. Okay. And just looks at me like, "What is your problem? <laughs> like, why would you do this to me?" Me and Killer Croc were hanging. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, we're, I was invited. You know, it had like that sort of look. Okay. So I'm like stomping, so it knows not to come back and everything. Yeah. But I know that my neighbors don't see the lizard. <laughs> they just see me coming out and waving a paper around and smacking my hands and stomping my feet. And then I go, don't come back. And then I shut the door. You know, they just think I'm an insane lunatic. Yeah. You know? So you would have more situations like that. It, certainly no, it with would be a lot story. more situations. Yeah. I would be afraid of waking up like in Gulliver's Travels where they've all tied you down with like dental floss or something like that. Have you, you know? had problems with talking action figures? Uh, <laughs> I had a Venom. Yeah. That said, I want to eat your brain. And okay. something went wrong with it. In in the and middle of the night, I woke up. <laughs> no, in the middle of the night, I just woke up. And it just kept saying that. It could say three <laughs> things. But it just, it I woke just up and it's just like, I want to eat your brain. I want to eat your brain. I want to oh, eat your brain. I remember brain. that I want one. To eat your yeah. brain. And I had to like, I, I got up and I hit the buttons and it wouldn't stop. So I had to wrap it in like a pillowcase and put it in my closet. And I could still hear <laughs> Which is much scarier, yeah. actually, in a, like, like coming from the closet in <laughs> hushed tones. Yeah. You know? Have you ever had one deactivate and just start um, saying shit to you? Yeah, I had a, uh, a from Comic-Con, they, they did this version of King Grayskull from He-Man, who... I don't know that character. He's like one of He-Man's ancestors, is his deal. Sure. And, All right. And... He came with a box that flipped open and said, by the power of Grayskull, I have the power. And uh, there was a little trigger mechanism on the door, and that broke and just was activated permanently. <laughs> and it's on like uh, like one of those like lithium batteries. It's, I was like, this will last forever. It's not going to die out overnight. It's just going to keep doing this. So I had to open the box, kind of gut it, cut the wires, and like... Okay, know, just to yeah, stop him from screaming about having the power up. of Grayskull? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, now, if you had to use action figures in your stand-up, 
mm-hmm. how would you incorporate your your physical actual action figures into your stand up? I've done it actually. <laughs> uh, nice. Uh, not I don't. I worry about becoming a prop comic. It's a <laughs> I, it's a valid fear for me. Understandable. But um, we did the me and uh, Stephen Kramer Glickman. He does a show called the Nighttime Show, which is like his version of the Tonight Show, and nice. I'm his co host on occasion. Well, on the very first show we did, he took a bad step and uh, broke his foot and didn't tell anyone and just kept doing the show and did the whole show with a broken foot, which is very commendable. But I pitched to him, I was like, on show number two, can I do a reenactment of what happened? (laughs) And he was like, sure. And you can see this online, but basically what I did was I reenacted me opening the show like... (laughs) Everyone, welcome to the tonight. And he was like, um, "Mike, what what figure do you have representing you?" And I was, like, "Oh, this is the only one I could find." And he, was, yeah, but who is it? Uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson is, <laughs> is me for this. And uh, and then you came out on stage and and you're like, "Hey, everybody!" And he's like, "Mike, what what figure is that representing me?" And I was like, "Again, I had to do this. It was short notice. I didn't. Yeah, but what figure is it?" Mike? It's Fat Bastard from Austin Powers. It's, these are <laughs> just the closest things I could find to us. And so we just did this nice. whole fun bit reenacting what happened. And, of course, I made myself out to be this great hero that helped him backstage and all that, you know. <laughs> That's awesome. But uh, I think I would be interested in doing that, like, reenactment stuff of, like, history. So actually building some, or, <laughs> like, bizarre narratives. <laughs> right. <laughs> Or, like, uh, reenact a movie, but with, like, they never made this guy, so standing in for him will be one of the Care Bears or something right. like that. Here's you know? Pride and Prejudice with Han Solo and Princess <laughs> yes, Leia. Yeah. exactly. You know? <laughs> nice, nice. Now, uh, if Batman collected mm-hmm. action figures, and we know from his Batcave he does collect shit sometimes. He's a collector, yeah. If Batman collected action figures, what do you think Batman would collect? Uh, I would imagine uh, that he would collect all of his villains... <laughs> like for certain i i guarantee he would do that just like, to see what he could learn about them you know yeah. off of their physicality and stuff like that he would have killer gecko for sure yeah he would also collect all the other heroes in the justice league and use them as like visual aids to like why this guy's a liability and <laughs> you know they're all terrible like as far as he's concerned they're all awful at their jobs did i don't know did you ever read the nail uh, no, uh, but I've uh, seen a, there have been a couple of Batman. No, not the uh, Tower of Babel. That's the one I'm thinking. No, but the, I, I've seen yeah. there's a couple of stories that revolve around Batman keeping Just, tabs on the Justice League and yeah. getting ready to shut them down. Yeah, they're they're all liabilities in his head, <laughs> and so I think you would have all of them, and he would uh, have Alfred arrange them just so there'd be he'd want everything very orderly like alphabetically and stuff like that oh yeah he would have the most pristine collection he would have them graded he would I be never one of those thought guys. about that poor <laughs> yeah. like 79 80 year old alfred's <laughs> up on that ladder dusting that t-rex and yeah. he'd make sure there is no dust on yeah. batman's vintage firestorm action figure <laughs> wow that's great that's great <laughs> now uh this is a, a weird question but have you ever or would you ever give up an action figure so a child could have it i have i i've done that a number of times um where i'll just be out looking for something and i'll see that you know a kid is looking for pretty much the same thing and if i see that there's just one left and i know that i can get it somewhere else 
I'll give it to the kid. If not, I'll go, yeah, it's too bad they don't have that. And then I'll just take it and run away. And uh, But one thing I do like to do, and I think more collectors should do this just because it's, it's surprisingly fun. And I was going to do it this year, but Toys R Us closed early for some reason. But the night before Christmas, I'll go to Toys R Us and look for lost parents with their lists Oh, and see if wow. I can help them out just because I'm there all the time. So I know like the different stuff. Right. And, and it's so weird for parents yeah. can't figure out that I want Batman with a grapple belt right. and a and, blue and ass. I, what? And yeah. I know exactly what that means. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, he's looking for this, that, you know, and I've, it's amazing. You can find stuff the night before Christmas because they get big shipments that they release. Okay. Everyone thinks, Oh, it's a lost cause by that point. That's a really good time to go. Okay. And you have to know what you're looking for, you know? And like a lot of the employees that work there, they're just doing it for a holiday job. And so they're not the most knowledgeable about it. They're just trying to get through the season, you know? And so like, I've seen them just flat out lie (laughs) to like people where like this lady was like, do you have any Scooby-Doo stuff? And the guy's like, Scooby Doo's from the seventies. They don't. They don't do stuff. <laughs> what in, an in, asshole! In his head, I'm sure they don't like. Yeah. Because the last time he checked in with Scooby Doo was in the seventies. Right. Or know? if they had asked, like, "Do you have weird pot dog?" Like, right. oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, I recognize that now. Exactly. You know. And so I was like, "Yeah, they definitely have Scooby Doo, but it's over in the like toddler area." And Scooby Doo is actually a bargain now. They like they had. I showed this lady. I was like. Here's the big gift set that they have, and it's all the Scooby Gang, the Mystery Machine, and like eight ghosts for twenty bucks, and they're all like fully articulated and look just like them and everything. Yeah, and it's just there's just no demand for Scooby right now, and so it's actually a, a steal. And she was like, "Thank you, I couldn't believe they had this." And it's like they have a ton of stuff. It's just you just have to know what you're looking for. That's really know? cool. You should consider like wearing a mask and a cape because you're like <laughs> the mysterious Toys R Us hero. Like this man appeared before us the well, night before Christmas at Toys R Us. What's funny is people like I'll help them and they'll go, oh, "What's your name? I want to tell the manager about you." And I'm like, "Oh, I don't work here," <laughs> which has to be weird for them. They're like. Some creep helped me out, but uh, I don't know what his motive was. You know? and that's great. That's perfect. Yeah, because it's not as creepy as like helping when the kid is there. Because I have been right. in in, yeah. in Star Wars target aisles when yeah. a kid and a parent is, is there, and I feel like I maybe I could help, but like eh, that's weird. Yeah, it's like if if I see that a kid's having trouble explaining it, and I see it somewhere on the shelf, I'll be like, I think he means this. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll just point at it. But that's about it. Man. You know. I'm going to go to Toys R Us on the night before Christmas and uh, it's see fun. if I can get some like, Mike Black help. <laughs> well, but yeah, but the th- like I said, I was going to do it this year, but Toys R Us did a thing this year that like destroyed my plan because it was like we're closing at eight so that people can have Christmas Eve with their families. And I was like, I guess, but it's kind of like you are Toys R Us. Yeah. You're just kind of burning money right now by <laughs> not doing this. Because there's a lot of, because I wasn't the only one who showed up. It was like me yeah. and like a shitload of angry parents were just like, 
what the hell? <laughs> this is my, my last chance. Did anybody <laughs> actually try to break in? I'm picturing a mob of <laughs> yeah, zombies. Like, they of... were just like looking at the hours and they were like, what's happening? What is this, wrong with you? This doesn't make any sense. Why do you hate and money? Thought, Maybe it's just this one militant wing of Toys R Us. Like these, this is a rogue Toys R Us. That's yeah. And so I drove to another one, the same thing. And I was like, oh, these guys are idiots. Yeah. I was like, Walgreens is going to make a ton of money tonight on whatever they've got on their shelves, you know. <laughs> whatever crappy half-run thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, so th- this is my last of the kind of these specific questions. What to you is the best part of collecting? Is it the possessing or is it that hunt, that desire, that longing? I, you know, that's a good question. I am very much about what's next, and I don't really hunt so much as I used to. It used to be a lot harder. Now yeah. you can just kind of pre-order stuff if you like it. But I think the moment that I'm most excited about, there's two. There's knowing that something's going to get made Yeah. That that I'm excited about. And then there's the moment when I actually see it on a shelf. And I'm like, oh, it's, it's out, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, like they did for Terminator... And I've wanted this since Terminator 2 it was in the theaters. They did a version of Arnold Schwarzenegger recently that is articulated at the hips and at the knees so he can actually ride a Harley. Okay. Which he was like really iconic for that in that movie. Yeah. And I found a Harley in that scale and I was like, ah, oh, too bad none of these figures' legs move and, and can do that. And then they were like, oh, we released one whose legs move. And I was like, woo, I did it. <laughs> like I had nothing to do. I felt like a sports fan for one of the first times ever. I was like, I had nothing to do with this victory, <laughs> but it's mine. You know, and so that now you're gonna get people mad that you're listening to this about that. But uh, why, why would they be mad about that? About the sports fan thing of the oh, I, yeah, I think I think anyone who is obsessed with something realizes <laughs> yeah, that on that some level we we we're uh, celebrating we a make ourselves a part of it and yeah. celebrate a victory that is not ours <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If you were an action figure, what would you be, and what would your accessory be? Um, if I were an action figure, I would probably be something from Star Wars with, like, a lightsaber, because that's just cool. Be more specific. Are you a pilot? Are you an Ewok? What probably, are you? A, probably a Sith. Probably a Sith. Then what would your weapon be? Uh, definitely a double-bladed red lightsaber. Uh, if I were an action figure, I'd be a superhero that flies a spaceship. <laughs> so, like, my accessories would be a spaceship and, like, a laser gun. I don't know. <laughs> I'd probably be Batman, 1960s Batman. Adam West Batman. Yes. What would your accessory be? Flying Batmobile. I would be G.I. Joe and I would have Kung Fu Grip. If I were an action figure, I would be ordinary outside, but I would have a flying skateboard. (laughs) I would wear jeans and I would go topless. That's the sexiest way. If I were an action figure, I would look like a character from anime. Probably uh, Zoro from this one anime called One Piece. Uh, his uh, accessories are samurai sword, three samurai swords. Do you have any action figures? Uh, I don't anymore. Did you when you were younger? Yeah, I was younger, but I destroyed them. You destroyed them? I destroyed them. How many action figures is too many for an adult to own? Uh, probably like, I'd say over, over 15. I have too many. 
I lost count somewhere around the time I was eight years old. I'm going to be 31 next month. So uh, we can turn the age I was at when I stopped counting on its side. And let's just say that's how many I've got. It's an infinity symbol. I once called an action figure a doll, and I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. So t yell at me. Yell at me. Pretend I just did it to you. Oh, man. No, I don't, I don't yell at people with innocent faces. Um, well, pretend I'm, you know, whoever. I'm your enemy right now. Just yell at me. Oh, God. Doll, doll, doll. Oh, if I can do this uh, on the spot. Uh, it's a collectible. Uh, well, we're going to move on to our how obsessed are you questions. There are okay. no right or wrong answers. <laughs> I have a feeling there are some wrong answers. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Over the course of this uh, series of podcasts, I bet. There have been some interesting answers, yeah. for sure. And some other people going, what are you talking about? Are you nuts? <laughs> so here we go. Do you think about action figures every day? Yes. It would be hard not to with Sigourney Weaver staring down at you, you yeah. from your bathroom. <laughs> would you start a conversation with a random stranger about action figures? In the right setting. Yeah, you kind of already <laughs> like, answered this one. Yeah. The Toys R Us. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, it has to be the right setting. Or they have to have some sort of uh, evidence of an interest in it. I wouldn't just talk to some random person. You know, <laughs> uh, what do you think about Alpha Trion from Transformers? <laughs> I, I wouldn't dare broach that with, with a stranger. But if they were wearing like one of these, like the the Matrix of Leadership sort of pendants or something yeah. like that, then I would be inclined to ask them about it. So know. if they were wearing something that was like a little indicator of like, right. hey, I, I'm into I'm into action exactly. figures. <laughs> yeah, cool. Would you ever get a tattoo of your favorite action figure? No, no. I've I've gotten a tattoo before, and it was there are people that are into it and people that aren't. And I was like, this is just not my cup of tea. Right. And so you're not a tattoo guy. No, nah, not really. But if somebody came I to like you... I like them on other people, though. Okay. You know. Okay. If somebody came to you and said, you have to have a tattoo, what action figure would you get is your tattoo? If I had to get one, hmm, that's a tough one. Probably if I could get a really cool looking version of Optimus Prime, he would be a cool... Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, he's one that just kind of sums it all up in a way, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, really great. That that would be, like, or maybe just, like, the Autobot symbol or something like that. Okay, so something know? that kind of evokes that the in, whole story that made it. you interested yeah. in. I did see a guy at a bar, and I got a free drink for noticing it, that uh, he was a bartender, and he had uh, the Arashikaji uh, ninja symbol that uh, Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes both have. <laughs> okay. And I was like, oh, Arashikaji. And he was like, your drink's on me. And oh, I was that's like, great. oh, that's cool. That's great. I suppose I was realizing as I was asking, it's a torturous question to ask somebody who likes articulation. Do you want a tattoo that cannot move <laughs> yeah. of an action figure? Although uh, there are people that have those ones that can move. Like if if I'd have to work <laughs> out and get like stronger biceps to have like yeah. a, a jiggling She-Ra or a something A jiggling like She-Ra. Yeah, that'd be really hard to have an Optimus Prime that transforms <laughs> yeah. just by your bicep. Yeah. Uh, uh, would you read or write slash fiction about your favorite action figures hooking up? No, not about hooking up, but I, I would write like fan fiction about action figures. Like a Toy Story-esque kind of, if oh, they came yeah. to life. Well, I thought about like future Toy Story stuff. Like I would love uh, if Patrick Warburton did the voice of He-Man and, <laughs> and he met like Woody and Buzz at some point, just as like a cameo. In yeah. That, 
you know, and I thought of like the GI Joes and just how they would be and like how much fun it would be to get different actors to voice the different GI Joes, you okay. know, and that sort of thing. So you are writing, you're writing fanfic in your head, but you're not right. sitting down to write like, and then Patrick Warburton, He-Man would <laughs> no. be like, he would take off his furry underpants. And... No, I've never actually understood the the lust <laughs> angle with action figures. I don't find them. Is a... there a lust angle? Is that out there a lot? Like, No, but I think a lot of people think there is. <laughs> I think okay. they're like... Because I've had, I did uh, Craig Shoemaker's podcast, well, his radio show, I did a podcast, and uh, he, he'll beat They're me all the, the next time he sees me. But uh, his co-host was this girl who's just kind of like over everything. She's okay. just done with it. all. Yeah. And she's like, so do you get like girl action figures and jerk off to them? And I was like, no. No? Why? I was like, you're aware there's free porn everywhere. Now. I don't, I don't really have to. It's, and I'm not saying that like I'm some lady killer. I'm just saying there are other options. You know, it's yeah. like, it just doesn't make sense to me. No, you know, but yeah. So that <laughs> that's as close to an answer as I've got. For that. <laughs> that's a great answer. Would you watch a documentary about collecting action figures made by Zach Braff? <laughs> is he is he working on one? <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, he seems like a nice enough guy. Uh, yeah, I would imagine he'd put some good music to it. Uh, for I, I like his other work that I've seen. Um, yeah, what I think what I worry most about in a documentary of anything is that it's interesting. And so if he could find a way to frame it and make it interesting, yeah, especially to someone who's not into it, like getting me to watch it, pretty easy sell. Right. You know, getting the average Joe to to watch a documentary about that would be more of a challenge. I yeah, and those kind of documentaries about uh, niche things, they always risk going into, look at these weirdos. Yeah. They gather at night at Toys R Us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, we're we're all aware of that, you know? Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> we know who we are, Zach Braff. Uh, <laughs> would you break up with someone who doesn't like action figures? I'd actually be more inclined to date someone who doesn't like action figures. I think there's, I I worry about losing your identity in a couple, you know. Okay, when uh, that's like your main bonding thing. And I also, I'm practical about the idea that it could go wrong at some point and then you've got to split stuff up. (laughs) And it's like, I'd much rather be dating someone where it's like, Oh, here's all your antique cooking equipment. And here's all my action figures. Everybody wins. You know, everyone keeps what they brought. You know? Right. That would be so sad if you had the Arnold Schwarzenegger and she had the motorcycle. Yeah, exactly. And then you just you know? had an Arnold with weird bent legs. Yeah, who just, who just sat there. <laughs> just sat there. Sat sad and depressed. His crotch longing for a motorcycle that is no longer there. And me longing for a woman that's no longer there. It's just... It's a real sad setup. <laughs> Excellent. Would you swear at a nun if she insulted your action figure collection? Uh, not any more than normal. <laughs> not, not, like, I I have a real foul mouth. You, okay. You know, like, just in general. And I, I don't think I've sworn at a nun yet. But I wouldn't put it past me. Like I and it wouldn't be like, ooh, check me out, I'm swearing at a nun. Right. It would be one of those like I said it and then was like, oh shit, I just swore at a nun. <laughs> Sorry, sister. Fuck. Dang it. <laughs> you know, they're in fact, you know, your uh neighborhood not to tip anyone off where you live or anything, yeah. but like in this area, there are nuns that make pumpkin bread. 
Okay. Have you heard about this? I don't know about the nuns in my area making pumpkin bread. They It's supposed to be this just out-of-this-world pumpkin it bread. It sounds like some bizarre dating opportunity. There are nuns in my area making pumpkin <laughs> they bread. They are, and they're, and everyone I've heard who's had it says it's the most amazing. I don't even like pumpkin bread. <laughs> but they're like, if, the, if you see the nuns selling pumpkin bread, take them up on it. Okay. They're like... They only make it on, like, every once in a while. They don't do it every day. But if you see them out, like, selling it or giving it out, take whatever literature they give you. Okay. Give them whatever money they ask for. Do whatever you have to do to get their pumpkin bread because <laughs> it's worth it. So that's, I will, uh, that's I, something you should know. I will attempt to act out what sounds like a spec script for Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, it really does. <laughs> if I see a nun. Okay, this is the, the last question, and it's weird. Okay. If you could not collect action figures without you or someone you love first being punched in the crotch, would you still collect action figures? Someone I love. Or you. It's or, your choice. So someone I love getting punched in the crotch... By whom? Who's who's doing the punch? Is well, you can choose. That, that knows how to throw a punch? Or like, <laughs> yes, you can assume it's a knowledgeable. <laughs> like, like, you remember in Reservoir Dogs when like, they had Steve Buscemi punch the cop and, it, and he like nearly broke his hand? Yeah. Then Harvey Keitel comes in and nearly knocks his head off. And yeah. It's like, if it's Harvey Keitel, maybe not. <laughs> but if it's Steve Buscemi, yes. Absolutely. So you would accept a Steve Buscemi punch in the crotch yes. every time you purchase an action figure. Oh, every time I purchase? Well, I thought yeah. it was like once and then you can go collect action figures the rest of your uh, life. Well, people usually bargain with me uh, and uh, what I often offer is like a monthly subscription to ball punching like Netflix. Okay, so once a month he can he can come and punch me in the balls. Once a month Steve Buscemi knocks on your door and like, hey Mike. Yeah, hey, <laughs> hey Steve. And then... <laughs> Okay, go for it. <laughs> you know, so but if it like, was monthly? If it was monthly and I could, now can I alternate? Can it be me one month and someone I love the next Oh, month? hey, yeah, that's great. Oh, then yes, absolutely. Because <laughs> <laughs> the people I love, as much as I love them, piss me off. Right. And every now and again, they may deserve to be punched in the nuts by Steve Buscemi. So, <laughs> so someone, Steve, would show up at your door and like, yeah. you know what? It's yeah. Uncle Steve this month. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's been yeah. asking for it. <laughs> You've got a bit of a drive ahead of you. You're, you're going down to Austin. <laughs> to, <laughs> awesome. Okay. Uh, I asked people to make a noise to sum up their obsession. Can you make a noise to sum up your obsession with collecting action figures? Uh, let me see if I can do this. If if I can replicate the sound. Beep. Yeah, we don't have that in stock. Is that uh, people at Target or Toys R Us checking the SKU? Or pretending to check a lot of times just just to placate me. (laughs) They're like, yeah, we'll we'll go see if there's any in the back. It says there's 14 of them in the back. Yeah, I'll go look. No, we don't have them. (laughs) Damn it. Those jerks. Those jerks. I think that's one of the funny things is I see other collectors doing, and they'll like write things on Facebook. I went to Target and I asked them to check in the back and they were dicks about it. And it's like, they used to do that all the time. Yeah, you used to be six and adorable. <laughs> People wanted to help you when you were a kid. You're a grown man now <laughs> who's during their work hours hunting down toys. Right. They hate your guts now. And I suppose know? some of them know, like, if I train them that this is acceptable, I will always be in the back room. Exactly, yeah. And so, so yeah, I, I never hold it against them when they won't do stuff like that. Yeah. And I'll be like, look, I know you don't want to look for these, but um, <laughs> what happens is uh, they're, uh, for a lot of figures now is they do the build-a-figure thing. 
Right. Where six figures will come out and they'll each have one piece of a much bigger one. And so I'll try and just go, look, I hate to have you go look for these, but I'm just missing this guy's head. (laughs) Is there any way you can just go check? And a lot of times, just by being honest, they'll be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that is really the lesson, I think, of most human stories that when (laughs) you come at it with a human narrative. Yeah, just be honest. I've shown them a picture of Ultron without his head. And I'm like, I I just need his head. (laughs) Okay. I have been rating people's obsession levels, which is a thing I started recently on the podcast. Uh uh, Because I ask all these how obsessed are you questions. I figure, like, I might as well have an arbitrary, uneducated (laughs) judgment at the end. So I am going to give you six out of seven Ultron heads. <laughs> and, uh, and it is a very positive one fair. because yeah. you do spend a lot of time. You do spend a lot of money, but you also, you're very cognizant and eloquent about why you do it, <laughs> yeah, how it fulfills things in your life, how it can actually help others. Yeah. So I think to me, this is a very positive obsession. Oh, good. So I think you should be proud to have six out of seven Ultron heads. I am. I'm very proud of that. (laughs) And also, a thing for collectors, speaking of being positive about it, um, that I would just... It's kind of like... I'm not a charitable person. I'm not a nice person when it comes right down to it. I'm I'm kind of a bag of crap most (laughs) most days. But as a collector, I noticed that uh, if you're a toy collector too, you amass a lot of stuff that you didn't really care for. Right. <laughs> like occasionally you'll just, you think you needed an army of this guy and then you realize you don't. Take stock of all that stuff. And every year when they start putting the bins out, Toys for Tots. Right. Put that stuff in it. That's that's a really you know, great message. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a simple, easy charity to get involved with. All you do is drop a thing off and that's it, you know. Yeah. And that would be my one message to all collectors is take take stock of the stuff you just don't care about anymore. Uh, someone will, you know, yeah. and throw it in there. That is awesome. Uh, do you want to tell people where they can find you on social media? Anything you have coming up you want to plug? Oh, yeah. Uh, I am doing the nighttime show next week. Uh, check the improv calendar for that. Uh, it is a fun show. We just got sponsored by Fireball Whiskey, and they're awesome. And, and is that a monthly uh, show? Yeah, it's a cool. monthly show at the improv. And it's we, everyone that we've done so far has been a blast. Awesome. It's just a lot of fun. And on social media... Uh, the easiest way to find me is uh, just use at Mike Black Attack on any social media that I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, and for sure so, check out Mike's Instagram. It's just, oh, yeah, it definitely. is amazing, and that's at Mike Black Attack too. Yeah, right? and definitely follow me on there because I'm I'm twelve away from my first thousand followers. Oh, so awesome! I'm excited about that. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> well, we'll get you more followers because that is such a great Instagram feed. Uh, here are our final questions. They don't have anything to do with your obsession, but they can if you want. Okay. If you had a little door in your home that magically opened to a different place, what would you want that place to be? Uh, Detroit, because because I'm not gonna fit through a little door, and and I'm gonna want someplace that I don't really care about visiting. You know, I it would be torture to have like, you know, uh, Bespin on the other side of that door yeah. or something like that, where you're like, nah, I'm too fat to get to Bespin. Well, that, that's that's a great comedy answer, and this is a comedy <laughs> podcast. But I will also rephrase: okay. if you had a Mike Black size Sized door, a door that I could actually fit through. Oh, man. Um, That is tough. I'm going to take a a cheat sort of answer and say uh, 
the world where Ready Player One exists, <laughs> where you can go and put on one of the machines that lets you go to pretty much any type of Oh, world. nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, that's that great. That would be fun. Yeah, you asked for more wishes from the genie. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> if you had the mutant power to turn your body into any substance, what substance would you want to turn your body into? <laughs> well, I've already done it. <laughs> Apparently, I really like marshmallows. No, um... <laughs> Funyuns. No, um, if I could turn my body into any substance, uh, assuming I can control it in oh, that yeah. form. <laughs> yeah, and then you don't, don't just like, I'm Formica yeah. and you or, fall down. Uh, and then you're just dead. You're yeah. just dead, dead Formica <laughs> in the shape of a dude. <laughs> um, I guess water would be the best. Oh, yeah. Because you could change it up. You know, you could be gaseous, you could be frozen, you know, uh, you could go pretty much anywhere, although electricity would be kind of a bitch, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, I would think water would probably be the best. These, yeah, these are the these, most practical thing you could turn yeah. into. You, you know? are very good about keeping your options open when answering these questions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've thought about this sort of stuff a lot, not these specific questions, yeah. but this sort of thing. I always dread that a genie will show up and and I won't know. I'll wish just a little bit off and it'll be like Wishmaster and I'll yeah. get killed. So <laughs> I'm always very careful about wishes and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you don't turn into Formica, dude. <laughs> right. The final question for everyone on the podcast is what is happiness? <sighs> That's a tough one. Um I don't think, I think a lot of people think it's contentment, and I don't think it's that. I think it's, happiness comes from having a lot of options, I think, and from hope, you know, because if you're content, usually you're you're at a place where you're not growing. Right. You know, you're just kind of happy where you are to an extent but i always feel like anyone i've ever met who's content kind of has that uh sliding door sort of thing going where they're like i I wish i'd done this instead or i wish i'd done that but i'm happy here you know and it's like well then maybe you're not you know (laughs) and i think for me it's happiness is the anticipation of the future of like what's next and what either I'm going to do next or experience next. Wow, that's really cool. I never really thought of it in that exact term. I I remember in my mind a specific kind of joy when you first go into, if you're a video game player, a new temple in Legend of Zelda. And there you can see like there are like eight different ways to go. And eventually somewhere in this temple, I'm going to be screwed and I'm not going to have any options. Right. In this moment right now where I have so many different options is so awesome. Well, currently I'm playing uh, Fallout 4. And I love that game. It's It's been so much fun. But I've gotten to a point where I was, uh, I had joined these three different factions. Uh, there's the Brotherhood of Steel. There's the Underground, which gets like sentient robots to safety. <laughs> nice. And then there's the Institute, which invented those robots and sees them as property and wants to like reclaim them and stuff. And so I've infiltrated all three of these groups. And now I'm at the point where... They're all about to converge, and I'll definitely be outed, you know, at that point with with some of them. But I have to kind of choose a side or choose to let them all kill each other and then see what happens to me afterwards. But I love the prospect of, like, 
that I stopped playing on a cliffhanger yeah. intentionally so that I could decide what to do next, you know, yeah. and, and what it's going to be. And then one of my friends had a brilliant idea. He was like, just save each time, save that point, and then try all of them if you want. Oh, and yeah, that's like, awesome. Oh, that's a great idea. You yeah, know? that's great. So that's a great answer that happiness is a, a shit ton of save points. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's why people, like, get, like, what they call fuck you money, you know, where yeah. it, it just gives them the option to not do things they don't want to do. Right. You know, and to, to get by, you know, yeah. and it's like, I, I think happiness really does come down to options for whatever is next. Cool. You know? Cool. Well, I wish you many options. Thank you so much for doing Thank this. You. Thanks for having me. This was a blast. Absolutely. That is our podcast. <laughs> You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. I had these action figures in the 90s from Toy Biz that were talking Marvel action figures. And they sounded terrible. You could tell it was like the guys in the office did did the voices for them. So the Punisher was like, vengeance is mine. <laughs> he sounded like he'd lost oxygen to his brain. And then there was Wolverine who was like, I got claws. I can use them. <laughs> that was his big thing. And uh, they were just awful, awful toys. <laughs>